love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer, and I got to tell you right up front that we're going to do a lot of Kyrie Irving today, a lot of Ime Udoka. There's so many fascinating angles to these stories, and I tried to get somebody on. I did. I perused many of the articles written about Kyrie Irving and his promotion of anti-Semitic material, Ime Udoka, and the Nets reportedly hiring him despite us still not really knowing anything about what happened with him and the Celtics. Decline, 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 decline. People are afraid. I'm going to let my writing speak for itself. I'm still in the reporting process, so anything on my part would be conjecture. Cowards. Cowards, all of you. But I'm not a coward. So here we go. Kyrie Irving, huge story. And as I said, lots of angles. We'll dive into more of the media stuff here. This is, of course, being the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. You can find the show wherever you can find your favorite Odyssey podcast, by the way. We are available on Spotify, Apple, Google. You know the drill. Download, listen, rate, subscribe. By the way, our download numbers improving with each episode, which is what you want to see. Better than the other way around. Uh, but Kyrie Irving is certainly not improving. He is getting worse off the court. And more. De- he's getting worse on the court. And more detestable off the court. That's how I would describe Kyrie Irving's path these last couple of years. And he's really gone to a new nadir this past week, promoting Alex Jones videos, anti-Semitic films. So let's just talk about, first and foremost, I called people cowards for declining my request to come on the show to talk about Kyrie. But nobody is a bigger coward than Kyrie Irving himself. As I said, a few weeks ago, he promotes a video from Alex Jones, who, by the way, was ordered to pay $1 billion in damages to families who lost children and loved ones in the Sandy Hook shooting for claiming it was a hoax and harassing them for years and years and years. The video was released in 2002, and it warns about a tyrannical organization called the New World Order, which is pushing for worldwide government. Sounds scary. So Kyrie promotes that a couple weeks ago. And then this past week, as you all know, he promotes a film titled Hebrews to N-Words, Wake Up Black America. Released in 2018, the movie traffics in anti-Semitic tropes, including the suggestion that anti-Black racism can be traced to Jewish texts. Rolling Stone was the first with that. Irving, by the way, has since deleted this tweet, this absolutely vile tweet that he chose to share with his 4.6 million Twitter followers. Kyrie has 17.5 million Instagram followers. Yet what happened when he was asked to take accountability when he spoke to reporters Saturday after the Nets lost another game to the Indiana Pacers? Oh, by the way, the Nets are a hot dumpster fire, which we'll get more into when we talk about their firing of Steve Nash and reported hiring of Ime Udoka. ESPN reporter Nick Ferdell did a great job questioning Irving about these tweets. Irving responded petulantly, interrupting Friedel constantly. Watch the video if you haven't seen it. Irving comes off 
so poorly here, like a petulant, whiny child who's backed up against the wall and doesn't know how to get out. So he throws a temper tantrum. That's what happened Saturday night. Kyrie Irving tells Friedel to stop dehumanizing him. Yeah, because asking you questions about what you posted on your Twitter feed for, again, 4.6 million people to see is dehumanizing you. Right. Here's what Kyrie Irving said about his Alex Jones fandom. Quote, my post was a post from Alex Jones that he did in the early 90s or late 90s about secret societies in America of cults. And it's true, said Irving. It's actually hilarious because out of all the things I posted, that was the one post that everyone chose to see. It just back to the way our world is and works. I'm not here to complain about it. I just exist. Oh, man. Poor Kyrie Irving. He's not here to complain. He just exists in this world like the rest of us. He can't spew garbage about Jewish slave ships and secret totalitarian societies without getting called out. So sad. And, you know, I sniffed out this Kyrie Irving pseudo-intellectual crap years ago, beginning with his Earth is Flat nonsense. At the time, there was some thinking that Kyrie was engaging in some meta-troll job. No, he just believed in that crap. He apologized to science teachers about a year and a half after first saying the world was flat, saying he fell down a YouTube rabbit hole. And that's what pseudo-intellectuals do. They don't read. They just watch YouTube. And it's laughable that some people a couple years ago amidst COVID-19 and the NBA trying to start its season, Kyrie was one of the players who didn't want to play. And you know people are portraying him as this labor hero and misunderstood genius because you know he skipped games. Uh, he didn't participate in media Zoom calls. Oh, wow, Kyrie Irving, this is so powerful. Those same people were not lauding Kyrie when he missed most of the home games last year due to his refusal to be vaccinated against COVID-19. But nonetheless, in 2020, oh, Kyrie Irving, he this he's really making us rethink everything about sports and society. Uh, no, he's not. He's just a petulant child. And to keep up on that, <laughs> to keep up on that theme, Kyrie Irving being petulant, Kyrie Irving being cowardly, what has he done the last couple days? He's ducked the media. On Monday night, the Nets were at home at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. By the way, a place where there is a pretty high Jewish population. Uh, some fans sat in the front row wearing fight anti-Semitism t-shirts. Irving didn't talk to the media afterwards. Didn't want to answer the questions. Didn't want to face the music. Then on Tuesday, yesterday, Carrie Irving didn't address the media either. Here's how Nets GM Sean Marks explained it. Quote, at some point, he will come up here and do media again. But I think at this point, we don't want to cause more fuss, more interaction with people. Let's let him simmer down and let's let cooler minds prevail. Let's let cooler minds prevail. Sean Marks, don't both sides this. Kyrie Irving is the one who's promoting anti-Semitism, not the media, which is asking him questions about it. Please. So what happens with Kyrie Irving from here? Apparently nothing from the NBA side of things. The NBA released released a statement over the weekend 
condemning hate and anti-Semitism in all its forms, yay, but it hasn't punished Kyrie Irving, no suspension, no fine. Uh, you know, Charles Barkley, I think, had a great point Tuesday on TNT about Adam Silver and how feckless the NBA commissioner looks with all of this. You can't take my 40 million and insult my religion. Damn right. Kyrie Irving makes something like $36 million per year, and he treats playing basketball like a hobby. And he has such contempt for everything around the sport, such apparent contempt for the NBA, and seeming contempt for the NBA commissioner's religion, Adam Silver. And what does Adam Silver do? He doesn't do anything. Uh, Reggie Miller also made a great point Tuesday on TNT, talking about the collective silence among NBA players. They were outraged, and rightfully so, with the Suns owner, Robert Sarver and those findings of his racist behavior in the office and using the N-word liberally. And yes, Robert Sarver absolutely should have been punished and he was punished. But where is the outrage for Kyrie Irving spewing anti-Semitism? The NBA a couple months ago didn't punish Timberwolves star Anthony Edwards either for tweeting anti-gay insults. Just a horrible, horrible message. And we'll also see what happens with Kyrie Irving commercially. He has a big deal with Nike. Adidas, of course, just dropped the artist formerly known as Kanye West for his anti-Semitic ramblings. Will Nike do the same with Kyrie? We don't know. Nike released a statement saying, quote, at Nike, we believe there is no place for hate speech and we condemn any form of anti-Semitism. That's all well and good. But then what is Nike going to do from here? And that's my question with Kyrie Irving overall. I hate this phrase so much. Oh, but I'm going to use it here. Canceling. Is Kyrie Irving going to be canceled? It seems like for now, Kanye West has been canceled from the standpoint that his Adidas deal, which is reportedly worth $1.2 billion, has been shelved. His partnership with Gap has been shelved. Granted, it seems like he initiated that, but still, you don't see Gap begging him to come back. Uh, Twitter account suspended. Instagram account was suspended. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I don't think... Peloton did play his music, but there is outrage there. I'm sure you won't hear Kanye on Peloton anytime soon. So Kanye West is getting semi-canceled for what's been going on. Uh, not Kyrie Irving, though. No suspension, no fine from the NBA. And as of now, no repercussions commercially from Nike or any of his other partnerships, which begs the question, is there a double standard here? You know, Kyrie Irving has expressed hate for a group of people, Jewish people, by promoting anti-Semitic propaganda. And this film, by the way, is horrid. It begins with a quote from Adolf Hitler about how black people are the true Jews. So please, yeah, this is the definition of anti-Semitism that Kyrie Irving is putting out there and then refuses to answer questions about. And it doesn't seem like there are any tangible repercussions for him. If Kyrie Irving said this about a race of people, if he promoted a virently racist movie, I guarantee you there would be more repercussions than this. So what's going on with the double standard? Uh, so yeah, it's it's gross what's happening with Kyrie Irving. As I said at the top of the show, he gets worse and more injured and slower on the court and more detestable off the court. And man, did the Celtics dodge a bullet. Speaking of the Nets and Celtics, that's a nice lead-in to Ime, Ime Udoka. The Nets, it was reported Tuesday, are hiring Ime Udoka to replace the recently fired Steve Nash, who, oh man, I mean, he has to go out there a few days ago, tail tucked between his legs, and say that Kyrie's insane tweets have 
allowed us to spark some good discussion, you know, in the locker room. And now he's fired anyway. Oh, how dis- he's probably thrilled though. Get out of that dumpster fire of the Brooklyn Nets, a horribly, horribly run organization. And they continue reportedly hiring Ime Udoka. And now there are two questions with the Nets and Ime. Number one, what did he do? <laughs> and number two, is it possible the Celtics overreacted or are the Nets just that soulless? You know, I think the Nets obviously have, more, have no moral compass given their capitulation to Kyrie Irving. I think the Nets will totally sell out to win given everything they've done the last couple of years. This is their last chance. They're grasping at straws. But Matt Barnes told us when the Ime story first broke in late September that the truth was, quote, 100 times worse than what's been reported. Now that it seems like the Nets are bringing Yudoka aboard just 35 days after he was suspended, something like that, suspended for the whole season, mind you, by the Celtics. The fact that he's back so shortly after that tells me that this is probably not 100 times worse because we are still in 2022. There is still a Me Too climate. I just find it so hard to believe that even an organization as disgraceful as the Brooklyn Nets and as soulless as the Brooklyn Nets would bring aboard Ime Udoka if, let's say, there were allegations of widespread harassment or widespread inappropriate comments or unwanted advances made to female subordinates. Maybe I'm wrong, in which case, wow, the Nets are worse than even I thought they were. But... As we move on here, and again, we're now in early November, this broke in late September, and it was like September 22nd, 23rd, not 30th, so, you know, mid-late September. I think what happened, I still think there is more to the story than just the vague, unwanted comments that we've heard about or the crude language, which is how Adrian Wojnarowski has put it a couple of times. I think that Yudoka did obviously have an inappropriate relationship with a female subordinate. Maybe there were other women involved as well. But if that's the case, what does it matter to the Nets from the standpoint that if no laws were broken and Udoka's crime here were inappropriate relationships within the Celtics organization, the Nets can say, well, it didn't happen here. So I don't know. I do think there's still more to the story. Yes, I think that's quite obvious. But I'm not sure... I definitely don't think it's the 100 times worse that Matt Barnes said. And when you talk about Ime Udoka, it is interesting, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, that the NBA media, especially those on ESPN, led by Woj, have pushed the idea of Udoka coaching again from the start of this. I mean, here's Adrian Wojnarowski on SportsCenter the night he first reported news of Ime's suspension. There's no assurance... And Ime Udoka was not given any assurance that he would ever coach the Celtics again. But what it does open up the door, for, the door for, and certainly in talking to some other organizations today, he may become a candidate or a coach of interest for other jobs that might open or might become open during the season. 
or certainly next season. The final chapter of Yudoka's coaching career has not been written, Woj said. The night this broke, this is not going to be a death knell for him. That was so weird at the time because remember, we didn't even know what Yudoka was getting suspended for. We didn't even know the vague details. Woj just had that weird-ass tweet complete with the breaking news graphic in his face saying Celtics suspend Ime Yudoka for one year. I'm assuming at the time Woj didn't exactly know what was going on either because he didn't report it until later Thursday. This was late Wednesday night, September 22nd, and he goes out on SportsCenter without seemingly any information besides the suspension or any concrete information besides the suspension and says this is not a death knell for Ime Udoka. He may become a coach of interest for other jobs during the season. I think Woj was covering for his fellow CAA guy, Ime Udoka. They're represented by the same agency, but still, that was quite the claim. And then a couple weeks ago, Stephen A. Smith said on ESPN, the Celtics didn't fire Yudoka outright because they were afraid of the Nets. Well, now that's happened. And the question is, why didn't the Celtics ask for anything in return? They're reportedly content letting Yudoka go freely. I think it's because the Celtics really did not have a lot of leverage here, as it turns out. I think it's pretty widely known that Ime Yudoka won't coach again in Boston. The Celtics aren't going to keep him suspended and pay him indefinitely. So I think the Nets or any team could look at it and say, all right, you're not going to give us Ime for free. You're not going to let him leave. All right, that's fine. We'll just wait till we release him this offseason. So for the Celtics, I really don't think they had a lot of leverage here either because I think this it, he, he is as good as done in Boston, Ime Udoka. And as I said earlier, this is the Nets' Hail Mary. This is their Hail Mary pass. And as unpopular as this may be to say, and as gross as it certainly is to hear, the fact of the matter is the Nets made a calculation here. Their calculation is we have Kyrie, Durant, Ben Simmons. We need this to work this season or we are completely done. This is our last chance. Durant barely came back this summer after demanding a trade and demanding our coaches firing. We now have a new coach, Ime, who was an assistant here, who has worked with Durant, who also worked with Ben Simmons as an assistant in Philadelphia, led the Celtics two wins from a championship last year, great resume with Popovich in San Antonio, USA basketball in the Olympics, all of that, all of that. We got to see if we can make this work. We, this is our best chance. And I think the Nets' calculation is that winning cures all. And yeah, they're getting slammed for Kyrie's anti-Semitism and not in being in tacitly, you know, tacitly allowing him to do it, tacitly condoning it. They're getting killed with Ime Udoka, hiring the coaches suspended for an inappropriate relationship making unwanted comments towards a female subordinate. But the Nets say that history shows us if Ime comes in and gets this group to buy in, if Kyrie rediscovers his all-star self, his all-NBA self, and stops promoting anti-Semitic videos on social media for just a few months, 
lays off the Alex Jones rabbit hole, digs himself out of there for just a few months to score points and win games. If we do that and we win and go on a run, people will forget about October and November. People will forget about this. The questions will eventually subside. And the Nets are absolutely right. I mean, look at the Browns. They acquired Deshaun Watson and then gave him over $200 million guaranteed. Deshaun Watson has been accused of sexually assaulting two dozen women. Doesn't matter. The Browns made the calculation that, look, we're getting killed for this now. But if Watson comes back and plays like we know he can play and puts us as perennial contenders for years to come, our fan base will forgive us. They'll eventually stop talking about it. I think the Nets have the same calculation with Kyrie Irving and certainly with the hiring, the reported hiring of Ime Udoka. And the sad fact is they're right. Last note I want to bring up quickly here. A while ago on the show, I talked about the concept of FanDuel TV. Now, FanDuel was launching a 24-hour sports network anchored with a show hosted by Kay Adams in the morning, sports talk shows throughout the day. And then at night, they were doing what I actually do think is a good idea. And that's airing ESPN, the Ocho type sporting events to try to get people to bet on them. And that's a good bet. Well, Amazon is now getting into the daily sports talk game. This was reported in the New York Post this week. They have a new sports talk lineup that's going to run with eight hours of programming. You can stream this on Amazon Prime. The schedule starts at 8 a.m. with a show called Bonjour Sports Talk featuring Madeline Burke and Ben Lyons. Then we have the Carrie Champion Show from noon to 2. She's followed by Sports Talk Game Breakers. Two comedians will be doing that. Then we have the Desk of Master T, the Stubbs' Power Hour, a lot of shows here hosted by outside of Carrie Champion, not a lot of high profile names in sports media, let's just say. And obviously, Amazon has an ungodly amount of money it can spend on these sort of projects. There's no doubt about that. So, kudos to Amazon, kudos to Jeff Bezos, making more people employed, more people paid. That's all good. But If the goal is to have this actually work, I just don't see it. I really don't. What's the plan here? Who's going to be watching this Amazon Prime sports talk programming over ESPN, FS1, a million podcasts, YouTube shows, daily shows, Twitch streams? Amazon is not going to show highlights. They say that their goal is to facilitate broader discussion. That's all well and good. But what makes Amazon's broader discussion different from the broader discussion we can get elsewhere? And by the way, the broader discussion on these deep issues uh, with Amazon, which now has a multi-billion dollar partnership with the NFL. uh, Yeah, you're compromised right there. A lot of independent outlets are not. So kudos. Good for Amazon, right? Jeff Bezos throwing more money around. But I'm just not quite sure this one works out either. I would say the show worked out, did it not? A solo show. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem Podcast. As I said, my name is Alex Reamer. Find us wherever you can find your favorite Odyssey shows. I'll be back with you next week. So long, and as always, thank you for listening.